0: I'm oh, straight out, out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. NYC. Hi, I'm Brandon Robinson. I'm going to take you behind the scenes of my show, New Jersey Net Slamming Planet. Follow me.
1: What's going on this is Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time and you guys you already know what time it is it's time for another Nick's off season pod and we're gonna get into it right now with you guys but before you get into it you already know I gotta introduce my guys all right so first and foremost let me introduce my guy the man the myth the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts,
2: Brian G's in the building, I'm excited about tonight. Let's go. Let's
1: get to it. Also, you already know who this guy is. I call him the Raw Metaphor. It's my man from the YouTube channel across the street. It is the Royal Hebrew Remnant. What's going on Raw?
0: Jay Ellis and the K.O.T crew. What's up?
1: What's going on? What's going on? And of course, this man needs no introduction. He's an NBA insider nba analyst at Bally sports network he's appeared on msg networks cbs nbc fox nba tv senior writer at heavy partnered with spotify for his podcast scoop b sources which averages two to three million streams per year it is my man coming to visit us at the kot show scoop b brandon scoop b robinson what's going on scoop
3: what's up fellas how y'all feeling
1: you're feeling good and comfortable man good and comfortable glad to see you how you guys? how you been
3: staying busy staying busy staying out the way that's about it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i see you've been all over the place today doing shows on shows on show and very appreciative that you are here with us um talk Knicks basketball and, and talk everything with the nba so i'm super glad you're here
3: of course man Knicks are uh, a um a storied franchise and um you're birthed into that it's a birthright and at the same time um you know grassroots basketball for me in new york city has always been um you know sacred to me even dating back to you know my cousin my cousin was a ball boy for the knicks back in the 70s with Clive frazier so oh yeah and the knicks the knicks are definitely um you know definitely definitely cool to be on your podcast and and to talk knicks Absolutely, your command.
1: Lucky man, your cousin. So he was around with War Clive Frazier days and got to see that at the, win, the Knicks actually win a chip. So shout out to your cousin. I know he was there during the glory, glory days, not even just the 90s. The chip days.
3: Yes, Clive Frazier, um, Willis Reed, mm-hmm. all those guys. It was definitely from stories that I've heard um, legendary.
1: Legendary. Shout out to those guys. All right. And shout out to, Cl- to War Clive Frazier. You already see the jersey in the back. Let's get to it. All right. All right. So first and foremost, I, I want to start, start this off slowly. we going to talk about some Nick stuff. But I also want to talk about some other stuff, too. So you were 12 years old when you got your first gig as a co-host for a radio show. Uh, what did it take to land your first professional gig as a co-host on Net Slamming Planet? Because 12 years old is, is pretty young, be talking to NBA professionals like Sam Cassell and whoever else you was interviewing at that age.
3: Um. Definitely a, a, a mom who um, found uh, my niche early, or knew that I liked to talk, that I was obsessed with basketball. Um, and in addition to that, the um, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's friend had told her about an audition uh, at Chelsea Pier uh, to host, <clears throat> or rather to be a personality for a kids' radio station that's now defunct called uh, 1660 AM Oswald Radio. Uh, which was in they they did their broadcast at uh, Liberty Science Center uh, in Jersey City, and at the time we were they were looking to do uh, commercials for Crash Dummies. Um, crash so they, Dummies, <laughs> yeah, y'all remember the Crash Dummies? Yeah, I remember yeah. the Crash Dummies that
1: crash and yeah and so how we a commercial for Crash Dummies? Okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how how to be. Uh, stand in for a crash dummy. Yeah, that's what my brain is going you know,
3: to. We were kids just being kids, but we were like, like basically, we ended up taping the commercial. I can't find it. We taped the commercial with crash dummies. Like, we were dancing with them in the studio. I was one of like eight kids that was selected. Oh, wow. What ended up happening was Chelsea Pier, it was like hundreds of kids who auditioned. Uh, I got the second call back. And then we did this, the second audition at um, Dangerfield's Comedy Club. Mm hmm. Um, and like you had to read the script and just talk about different things. And then I got a call, and what happened was we did the commercial, and then the Nets were rebranding at the time. So this was like '97. Uh, Sam Cassell, right. Manholm, Jason Williams, Kendall Gill, all those guys. And basically, the Nets were looking for a kid to host a show uh, with Albert King, uh, Evan Roberts, who's at WFAN um and a woman by the name of um lynn wilson she was uh hosting um she was a a, a day day morning show host at ktu and um basically i came in for an audition or an interview and uh they were looking for a kid who was obsessed with basketball and um i was the guy and essentially um i came in they liked me and first person i ever interviewed at the time was keith van horn this was at the arena. Um, and, you know, honestly, it, it stuck. So that was year one, 97, 98 season. The next year was the lockout-shortened season. I was there, and then ultimately the Nets were, you know, budget cutting and the merger with the Yankees. But, you know, those those, that, those first those two years were cool. You know, I was around Stephen A uh, when he was at the Inquirer, Broussard when he was at the Times, Woz when he was at the Bergen Record. And just was interviewing a multitude of different people, and it was a good opportunity
1: that's great i can't imagine interviewing keith van horn as like a 12 year old i would be like stuttering like so 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 how do you basketball mr van Horn? i don't know how like what's the preparation like i I guess you said your your parents groomed you early was there like a process to figuring out how to interview people as at 12 years old
3: well prior to the whole nets thing um my introduction to public speaking um i was in a group called uh the new jersey Orators, uh where you know you gave speeches all across state country whatever and it kind of made you comfortable with you know talking to people and you know you can use that in so many facets of life absolutely but in addition to that um you know that was the formal the formality of me around basketball I talked about my cousin being a ball boy. Um, his father, my uncle, uh, ran a basketball league in Harlem at, at uh, Riverbank State Park called Citywide. So like, I, I was around Citywide. Y'all know Citywide. Y'all New York born and, born and bred OGs. Right. Uh, so, you know, everybody came out of Citywide. So I used to go to work with my uncle. He's the commissioner of the league. So even before then, you know, being with him and being around the late Ernie Lorch uh, and, and Leroy Hendricks, um, just all of that grassroots basketball um, was in me, and then, you know, my family ran two successful businesses in, ha- in Harlem. So, like, I'd be around sneaker releases at the store, like Hikane Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, um, uh, Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, nice. like, those, those, those releases. So, kind of just, it, it was the formality of, of, of it all. Um, I grew up liking the Bulls in the 90s, uh, but the Nets was kind of like that formal, the formal, you know, um, process of Basketball and, and ultimately what I wanted to do for the rest of my life.
1: That uh, makes sense. So you got comfortable. You live. You're from Jersey, so you became a Nets fan and you kind of moved on from
3: there. And, Not a Nets fan, but um. Oh, okay. All right. like the, you, like okay. All right. Got you. Got you. All right. We're like, Knicks fans like here, he was, so you know. Like he was a Bulls fan though. Um. So, growing up, yeah. I mean, my, my I was introduced to, to to basketball on the NBA on NBC. Um. You know, as a kid, um, my 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 I started watching Mike and the Bulls in '91. Um, my stepfather turned on the TV, and I, I just saw this guy on TV. And <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't, I liked the Bulls. I, I I still, you know, through partnerships with with their glasses lines, in the Optical, I'm still around the Bulls. I don't hate the Knicks because I used to go to Knicks games. My uncle used to give me tickets and I had cousins that played in junior Knicks, Sprite Junior Knicks league. Salute, so salute, salute. I, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not anti knicks per se. Um, I
1: don't get that feeling from you from from uh, how you uh, conduct interviews. That you're anti knicks
3: <laughs> No, I think um, I, I think personally um, some of the business stuff. Eh, but from a from a basketball perspective, I, I don't have a problem with the Knicks.
1: Understood. Understood. Yes. All right. Cool. So. Listen, you, you would think that with such an early start in the business, you would transition into working with NBA players seamlessly, but you struggled for a while. You, know, you lived with your grandmother, you was in the basement, you were in the hot plate. So like, what steps did you take to make that transition from being from the basement, the bottom, into having a thriving career?
3: Um, relationships. I think that um, when I, a, lot of my, a lot of my colleagues... Um, that may have went to bigger universities, the Syracuse's, the Northwesterns, uh, Missouri, and some of those other places. I, I went to grad school at Hofstra, but went to a small Christian school uh, called Eastern University, right, right, at, right outside of West Philly. Mm-hmm. But I found that, you know, the school thing was a thing, but also my fit. Like I feel like what I do and how I move is so multifaceted; it can't be put into just he writes stories, um, he knows things, right. Side He can do stuff on camera. I think um, as much as I was figuring those things out, I, w- I was growing as a man. I was growing as a, a, a black man. I was growing as a where do I fit in, in, in this piece of the pie? So um, I, I think a series of things. I think the, the relationship part is in the. I'll be honest with you. I'm more impressed with my career as an adult than I am as a child. Mm. Um, the, ch- the children's stuff is great. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I my my process as an adult to get from point A to point B to me is, is more impressive. My dog is sitting up here. Sorry about that. That's so um, fine. <laughs> uh, my career as an adult is is, is more impressive um, than a child because I think um, for me I earned it. I understand. And, and I bust my ass. I understand. And I think that the relationship part is important because I started small and worked my way up to big. There was a point where I freelanced at about 10 to 13 different publications at one time. I was waiting for the mailbox money to come to pay my rent. And mm. it's like, well, how do you make things happen? So you, you dip your toe in things other than basketball. Um, my mom used to tell me all the time that, you know, there's more to life than just basketball. And I didn't want to hear it. But as an adult, um, you, you realize it where you're working for free at the source magazine. It's an opportunity, you get the credentials, but they not pay you. Right, they asked me for the position. They was like, "Yo, um, we could bring you, but we can't pay you." I could have walked out right there, but something says stay. Listen, not a lot
1: of people know that when you are on that grind, especially in that beginning stages, you know the but the money don't always come at first. Some you working for free. Whatever craft you pick, it could be basketball, it could be art. A lot of the times, you just grinding first for a long time before you get to see any type of payment in any type of way. So a you got to
0: of- be, a, and not only that, you got to establish the love for it
3: yes yeah. <laughs> yeah you 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 talked about um you did your homework when you talked about living in my grandmother's basement like there was a point where um you know i was living in her basement was um had i'd be on red carpets working for free or freelancing with a food stamp card in my back pocket oh, um uh, you know you know in a state where um you know i'm i'm adjuncting at Different colleges, and sometimes couldn't even go to media events because I had to stay and do what I had to do. Um, you know, it, it, there's a point where you you, you kind of have to like. There's no magic button that just elevates you. It's just a series of reps and being in the right place, right time. And 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 there was times where I, I was really frustrated because I sometimes you you guilty of looking to your left and looking to your right and seeing somebody in. else is just listen <laughs> and you feel like you better or you feel like never hate. You just know that you're good at what you do and you're looking for the opportunity for somebody to to to, to bring you in and then that's when you realize you, you gotta make your own opportunity you gotta you gotta build a door if nobody's opening that door for you
1: uh, man listen I'm I'm all about making doors I don't care who says no how many times they say no I'm making my own door I don't care about gatekeepers that's just the way I, I roll maybe it's the rebel in me maybe it's my mama <laughs> but I'm with you at that school for real
3: I think it was the great Big that
1: said "kick in the door," right? Waving the yep. four
3: four, <laughs> but there's no four four here. But you know, metaphor metaphor
1: four four is the work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The four four is the work, whether it be podcast journalism. We. That's the four four we waving here. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Now you have a, you have a lot of success, but yo, scoop, you get a lot of heat, man. Like you get a lot of heat on social media so with all the success that you have and you with the all the heat you get about oh he's not credible and, and he and he doesn't have sources does that affect the way you like go about your business and like work or do you just like kind of ignore it keep your head down and keep it moving because i for me if i like i can I understand the frustration that would happen if you you came can got it out the mud and you hear that all day long
3: um it used to bother me um I think, and I, and and I think there's a two there's a couple factors at play. One, um, people look at me at Bally and think I made it, and I don't think I've arrived, and mm. I still have a lot more to grow. Um, but I also know that doing things on an independent level and your stuff or your scoops are, at the time, you're talking like 18, 19, 20 were getting picked up in the Bleacher Reports sort or of that. Was illustrated, or in the same and mentioned in the same, you know, sentence. And I don't have any, I don't have any ill will when I say this at all. It's just a fact. When your, when your stuff is getting picked up and you're saying the same things as my counterparts, you know, whether that be right. Rose or whether that be Shams or whether that be Chris Haynes, and and people are looking at you like, who is here? Who does, who, who does he think he is? And want to know who your sources are. Um, to me, people ask questions, and so they start picking apart and dissecting and overanalyzing and then don't have something wrong. You're like, you know, for me in 2019, people often talk about the whole Kawhi Leonard thing and how I had that wrong. Um, but there are some factors that came into play right. you know, from an informational perspective. And it's like, you know, to, to, I'll break that down, but, you know, it, it's kind of the old you know. People will, will, will yell your failures, but will whisper your accomplishments.
1: Man, go ahead, sorry, keep going.
3: And and, and, and being a black man too, um, it, it, there's a lot at, at play there. You have to be 20 times better to get, what is it, 20 times better to get, how many, what, what's the results? It, it comes into it's play there. It's the same
1: amount. My mom yeah. told me when I was younger, she was like, listen, if you want to get to where you got to go, you got to work harder than everybody else. You can't expect sure. to work the same amount think you're going to get there no you my mom told me that when i was a kid eight years old Sure. sure. <laughs> stuck with <And> so,
3: me It's <laughs> so there's a lot of factors there and then, you know even with the kawaii thing i've explained in a myriad of times but you know for those who, who may be tardies to the party you know ultimately he took the longest out of everybody to sign with whomever he was going to sign with in 2019 and the lakers you know were the top option um from all the information that i got um the the, the thing that came into play was um, the Clippers waiting to see if they were actually going to make that deal with Oklahoma City Thunder, and ultimately Paul George uh, was traded to the Clippers. Right. And um, had that not happened, Kawhi would have been a Los Angeles Laker. But you know, if you if you pick apart and you ask around, particularly as it relates to the Lakers and everything else, you know, I had Anthony Davis going to the Lakers like the fall of 2018. Um, I had LeBron that summer going to the Lakers, and all the whole rollout with. You know, Space Jam, and then in 2019, I had Kyrie going to the to the Nets. So yeah, you know, it, as it relates to to that, you know, I, I I'll take that. But at the same time, it's annoying when you're just trying to do your job. Like I'm paid to be on Twitter. How much How much does it cost to be a hater?
2: Free, nothing. Three ninety nine.
3: 99 No tax either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, I I get it, man. I get it. And, it and it's funny because I was go- my next question was going to be um, do you feel like people don't really champion when you're right and you kind of kind of rattled off this I was right here I was right here I was right here like that's real world stuff man people only uh, remember that a lot of times people focus on negative and not when we're right I, you know I, I'm saying? I,
3: I, I'll, I'll answer your question with this one statement um, I remember like if you paid attention to the last month, just everything that's going on. I know this is a, a Knicks podcast, and I'll be respectful to, to, to your platform. But I know that, um, you know, everything that's going on, on in Brooklyn with the Nets, people are like, he's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And I remember there's, there's something that people kept saying to me, and I just think it's dumb. They would be like, yo, Scoop's legacy is on the line. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, my legacy is my family my legacy is 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 is, um was cemented a long time ago my legacy was the family shoe store and my my legacy is generational wealth not the opinion of others and so like i I think that people sometimes take twitter too seriously people take like like i had quote tweeted something from bovada a sports company that pays me every month to tweet um about like what's the best championship city in the world? And I said, Los Angeles. And it's like, yo, people really mad that I have an opinion. This wasn't even like news. This is like opinion. Like y'all have nothing else to do.
1: It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an
3: honor, but it's weird.
1: It's interesting the mind of people when there's like a hive mentality sometimes. Yes. Like when people decide they love something The person can do no wrong, and when the people decide they don't like something, the person can do no right. And it takes, unfortunately, it takes a longer time to transition from the do no wrong to you know what he's cool. You know, it's like so. I so me personally, I just try to take every situation as it is and not even think about what the crowd says and be like an independent thinker.
3: Personally, groupthink is a drug.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it
3: is. It's a drug. I think I think the art of having your own mind, you're ridiculed when you have it. And but then at the same time everybody's different. Which is it? Everybody talks about how they're different and everybody's a boss. Which is it?
1: Right. I I I agree. I agree. But the bosses are the ones who have their own mind and and can yeah. can think differently but it's, it's hey man it's it's not for everybody but sometimes they catch up so let's hope everybody catches up I'll just say that sure. <laughs> but yo salute to the chat man yo th- everybody please thank uh, our guy Scooby for being here we we just talk. I had to talk some some reporter stuff with him real quick before we get into the next talk and we definitely going to get in, into the next talk um, right. and my first question for you as opposed to the Knicks, is more with your work and the Knicks, because you've interviewed a lot of Knicks players, or a few Knicks players anyway, do you have a memorable interview? Uh, I know for me, um, when you interviewed Stephon Marbury, that interview to me was, was pretty interesting. <laughs> but do you have one? Steph? Steph,
3: Steph is family. Steph, well, no, I was going to say Steph is family. It goes so beyond just reporter-player um, relationship. I, 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 there's a few Knicks players that um that I that I value. Um growing up, uh Patrick Ewing and I used to go to the same barbershop shop. Wow. Uh, so for me like Patrick is um Patrick is good people. Um uh I know his son um mm. very well and um his daughter, Randy works for the league now, and I saw her uh, during the finals. And um, it's just interesting how you work in a space for a while, and it's transitions into the kids and, and things of that sort. So yeah. Pat is up there. Uh, John Starks is up there. Um, John. As a, as a kid, <laughs> I'll never forget um, uh, after a game, Chris Childs gave me his sneakers. Um, uh, and just you know, years later that relationship blossomed. and when I started at Bally, I interviewed him as a kid, but at Bally interviewed him on the platform and that you relived that whole thing with him and Kobe. And then yeah. like me and his son became cool and then like you just see how kids morph like I was at the finals and I see his son Jesse walking out, and Shawnee O'Neal is behind him, and how he's cool with the O'Neill family. Like, it's just interesting how basketball kind of is like church. Like, everybody's auntie, uncle, they hanging at this person's house and just roll as a reporter, wrong with those young kids, but also knowing their pops. Like, I, I think I'm just in this introspective space. Um, you ask me who specifically, I probably would put Marbury up there, Ewing up there, Starks up there. Um, yeah.
1: All good choices, all, all good choices. John Starks is one of my favorite players growing up. Anybody who can shoot, I was with. So I was definitely a Anthony John Starks Mason. man.
3: Yeah. Anthony Mason as well. Anthony, yeah, the Mace oh, man, man. man
1: was is, is definitely a GOAT. Uh, you can see I was a big Allen Houston fan. I was talking about that behind the scenes as well. And, yeah, Marbury, I was excited to have Marbury come to the Knicks when he first got here. But, yeah, the, the Marbury interview to me is still, like, that was a memorable interview for me when he pulled out
3: the vaseline he said that stuff about jay-z
1: yes when I,
3: the jay-z from the
1: jay-z to, from the jay-z to the vaseline on camera i was like this interview is it, this is evolving okay like you got some some gold in this interview
3: but i'll add that um you know preparation going up into interviews are, are just as dope um to me i got you asked me about and i mentioned Anthony Mason, he's one of my favorite um, players in the NBA, period. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, His skill set, the way that he revolutionized that game as a point forward, uh, playing with Pat Riley and the fact that he did get that one all-star nod when he was a member of the Heat. Uh, But I remember when he played for the Hornets, and um, I remember uh, pregame I was going to do an interview, and he goes, yo, I can't do it now. Take my number, call me. Um, and And I called his house like a couple days later. So when I called first, somebody goes, "Hello," I was like, "Yo, this is Brandon Can I speak to Mace? He's not home, and I'm like, "This is Anthony Mason. Why are he not home?" He up, <laughs> right? So then, like, I got the call like a couple of days later, and then he left his voicemail, and it was funny because he had a, his his voice message recording. I I, t- I know his son, and I and I and I said it to him on the phone, and he fell out laughing. He goes, "Yo, this is Mace. I can't come to the phone right now, but I if." If you're not down with Mason and 9-8, I got two words for you. F you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yo, man. Yo, if, y- if y'all don't know, y'all was around the 90s back in the day. If you did not have a message <laughs> on your answering machine, you wasn't nobody. All right? You had to have a message on your answering machine. <laughs> and it has to be music in the background for the most part. Right? Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> Salute yo, salute to base man, Knicks legend for sure, man. But but let's get into it. let's let's, get, let's transition into some more more recent uh, Knicks news and rumors and things of that nature. All right, so um as you know, Donovan Mitchell, let's get to it. Donovan Mitchell has been all over Knicks news, so I, I just want to get your perspective on your chances. What what do you what do you feel like the chances are of Knicks? landing donovan mitchell
3: um i'm not one of those people on the internet that says the deal is 95 percent done y'all gotta stop saying that because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like 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 it sounds like a co-defendant code to me like stop saying that this is what i will say um the Knicks and the jazz have had conversation um a lot about the idea of donovan going to the Knicks.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: um the issue is in fact as many other people have have magnified um the amount of draft picks that danny age wants number
0: two
3: mm-hmm. um the other issue is just because donovan wants to go to the Knicks does not mean that the utah jazz have to oblige him um you, Just like in Brooklyn, just because Kevin Durant has requested a trade doesn't mean that he has to give the next half to trade him to the suitor he's looking for. Um, What I will go further in explaining is um, I have spoken to folks, Donovan, of course, uh, from Elmsford, Westchester, by way of uh, Connecticut. Um, He and I have some mutuals, and uh, what I can share is uh, that in conversations specifically over meals okay. um, within the last month, uh, he has discussed a desire to want to play in New York. Uh, and at the time, he <clears throat> did say either the Nets or the Knicks. Mm. Uh, but as a conversation that I had with someone days ago was stated to me, um, he has gone more in depth in his desire to want to play. For the knicks it would be a dream come true mm. um and more specifically was pissed that they did not draft him in his draft class <laughs> and would in quote run it back and get that chance to play for the knicks at two pennsylvania plaza mm. so that was said to me a few days ago um it's been an ongoing conversation and uh i don't think the deal is 95 percent done um, but I think these conversations are pickups from, co- there'll be multiple conversations on front office side. And I've seen those instances in other cases, like with, with, um, you know, like Kyle Lowry ultimately coming to the, to the heat, right. uh, you know, or, you know, uh, Lonzo ball ultimately coming to, uh, the Bulls. like those were trade dead, deadline conversations. So, you know, the nets, or excuse me, the Knicks and the jazz may have had conversation They may revisit them if they don't happen today. It could happen at the trade deadline. It could happen during the season. I don't have a timetable, but they are having a
1: conversation. Yeah. My thing is, I know there's been a lot of talk about leverage recently, and I want to get your opinion on leverage because a lot of what you hear from the reporters are, you know, Danny Ainge, he's not going to move. He's not going to adjust the price. He, he's gonna he's gonna want what he wants. If you don't want what he wants, he's not he's going he's not gonna make a deal. But then you know, for for us Knicks fans, we seen we seen uh, Leon Rose walk away from deals in his short time here. So like Leon's no slouch. So I'm not. Sh- I feel like we we're we're dealing with two people who are very stubborn.
3: <laughs> As you're saying this to me, I I'm gonna tell you what song is in my head. Mm-hmm. Price is way too high. You need to cut it. Exactly. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen,
1: listen. <laughs> 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 Yesterday's price, the no, Timberwolves' price, Timberwolves' that's, that's price that's is perfect. not today's price. The that Timberwolves is, got robbed. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that um. I'll tell you this. I know that um, I actually met Leon um, and Wes uh, on King Day of this year, and okay. um, was introduced to uh, Wes by. I, I spoke to Wes on my own. I think the the Knicks were playing uh, the Hornets on 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 our uh, King Day, and uh, Wes and I, I. I told him that I knew his history and how much he basically. Um, as a self-made man and i admire his his mm. journey as and, and i think you know as the, as that day went on he, he introduced me to leon and some of the and some of the other rain trusts that were sitting at the garden and, and the sense that i get from just being around those guys number one they're so in step with one another um and and just in having conversations with folks within uh, the knicks organization there is a desire um to create a winning product because it's been lacking for so long. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I ended up running into to West uh, on the road in, in DC back in March and same kind of energy. Um, they they want to do better and they're taking Lego block steps uh, to make that happen. And I think that honestly, what the Knicks are doing at this point really is what should have been done 10 years ago. And I think they were too trigger happy on two occasions. One in 2019, when they thought that it was a preconceived notion that Zion, Kevin Durant, and and uh, Kyrie were coming to the Knicks. And mm. two, ultimately when they traded the farm to get Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, And as much as I think Donovan Mitchell coming to Manhattan would be great, I'll be honest with you i mean i've said this on record at at valley and stadium where i work it reminds me so much of carmelo anthony if you're not careful specifically because you're giving up young talent and Obi Toppin, who loves being in new york like he and i had conversations just about nicks legends and how much he he enjoys watching old nicks clips and them on youtube then you got emmanuel quigley who likes being there yeah uh, you, you know and i think rj barrett gets better every year he doesn't oh, hurt yeah. you. so it's like yeah it sounds good to bring donovan mitchell but we've been down this road before with mellow i like mellow i think the world of mellow i'm one i'm one of the biggest mellow i won't say supporters or apologists but i really think he got a raw deal when he was uh blackballed and then he had to find his way back. absolutely Absolutely. But if the Knicks had waited that summer, they would have gotten him and still had that
0: young core. And if you're not
3: careful, you, history may repeat itself.
0: Scoop, I want to ask Thank a quick you. question. Um, you, from your, I'm just listening to when you talked about the front office, would you say that they're all on the same page? Yes.
3: But that, a lot of that has to do with relationships dating back to their next days. Like, like, in 2019 2020 i was taking a lot of trips to philly and would be at sixers games and i found before they made the formal leon rose hire i heard about it in philly mm. he's from south jersey um and so is uh wes i don't know if you guys know all of Wes's history like Steadman graham is his og
1: oh sure oh well, um, Wes's history is
3: kind of like a mystery
1: for a lot of to, to those,
3: to those who may not know, I mean, the man is mis- mentioning every Drake and, and Jay Z rap song. Hey, hey, yeah, I the Wesley, You never check. homework. <laughs> 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 yeah. But no, uh, in all seriousness, though, I, I think their relationship, even even how Wes interconnected with CAA and and Memphis and Kentucky. Do you know? Do you know West's connection to uh, John Calipari? I know he has one, but I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know I, how it was developed. So when John Calipari was fired by the Nets, he took an assistant coaching job with the Sixers under Larry Brown. Oh, his first recruit was Dewan Wagner, who is Wes's godson. Oh, cute. oh. that was hand delivered to him in Philly when Dewan Wagner was killing it at Camden High School. Oh,
0: wow. When he was scoring 100 points. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So that like that, even Michael Kidd Gilchrist, um, West went to high school with Kid Gilchrist's mom. Oh, shoot. wow. That's
1: crazy. Yo, the connections. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> he, wow. He, he to... and, he
3: start, and he started out as basically a runner for, for agents like CAA, but even West's connection to Camden County, New Jersey and Philly goes back to when he was working at a sneaker store in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Dr. J used to shop there. Dr. J introduced William Wesley to Michael Jordan. Jeez. And when Larry Brown and, and Allen Iverson were having problems, Wes got on the phone with Allen and Larry and squashed it. He was the mediator. Wow. And if you look at the brawl in the palace with the Pacers and the Pistons, Wes was the person who drug Metta World Peace off the
0: court. Oh,
3: sure. wow.
1: Ooh. What?
3: Not, not need to
0: rewatch that. <laughs> <Not whole world. laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, was going to do I doctor. remember.
1: Yeah, I got to rewatch yo, that. Yo, scoot dropping, dropping the facts right now. For
3: real, <laughs> I saw Wes Yo, I was like, yo, this guy self made. I, I got to give him his respect because most people just like he legit. He, my man, is like Michael Knight on Knight Rider. Like he legit now.
1: He's legit, man. It's crazy because I was like before he was even hired here. I was trying to research and it was right. like, what does Wes do? does and then like no one really knew. <laughs> it was almost like you know some Olivia Popeish.
3: Shout out the World Wide West. Ow. Everywhere you go we lead the worldwide a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Rose gave West that nickname. Oh
1: he did say that. Jalen oh, wow. Rose did say that yeah. on his show. Yeah, you know how did.
3: you call WWW the yeah. Web? Mm-hmm. He's so connected that's worldwide Wide West. Oh shoot.
1: Jalen Rose did say that on his show. Yeah. <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah.
0: You right about that,
1: man. Scoot drop yours. Gunshots, man. The gunshots for Scoot, man. Dropping, the
0: dropping d- knowledge. <laughs> dropping the
1: knowledge. Are oh, we cutting that up? We cutting the West History Month up? For real, <laughs> man. Yo, thanks for stopping. Hold on, I got, I got, I got another question for you too, and it, it has because you talked about Melo returning to the Knicks, right? I did. Um, listen, I love Ob. First of all, first and foremost, I love Ob. Um, I, I would be heartbroken if Obi left, for real. Obadiah. Obadiah. Yeah, Obadiah, Obadiah for Daya. life. Like, for me, um, if, if there was a trade for Donald Mitchell, Obi has to stay in it, right? Um, but there's also, there's been rumors that um, if a Donovan Mitchell trade happens, that Randall will be shipped out. And, you yeah. know, to me, that's going to leave the door open for Carmelo Anthony. Because to me, I'm like, if Carmelo's here, I don't want him stepping over Obi's minutes because we need that man to fly. So I guess this is a two-part question. Um, have you heard anything about any, you know, involvement right. with Randall being shipped out? And then also, how do you um, do you feel like the mellow returning to the New York Knicks is closer to happening this season than previous seasons?
3: So what you said about Randall um, potentially being shipped if uh, Donovan Mitchell comes. Um, that's what I've heard. I, I got a text about it uh, over the weekend. Whenever I tweeted that stuff about Mello and the Knicks, it, 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 that was part of it in mm. um, the conversations that I was having with people. Um, but as you know, the NBA is, is very fluid and things do change rapidly. Right. Um, what, I, what I can tell you um, as it relates to Randall is um, I know that he and Tibbs have not always seen eye to eye, but personally – um, I, I'd like to see him stay. I, I think that if you're a forward um, and you play in Tibbs' system, the two positions that benefit immensely is the power forward position and the point guard position you play a, alongside Tibbs. Right. And as long as you play defense, as long as you hustle, you don't quit, you don't give up, you're going to get your touches, you're going to get your minutes, um, and, and you're going to get that bag. But I, I, I think um, if if Randall were to be moved, you give up that versatile Three, four, five spot, um, and you need you need something to to replace it. Um, Mellow to your second questions would make logical sense from a familiarity perspective, mm-hmm. uh, from a skill set perspective, and basically he's. I think spe- more specifically during his time in Portland, he played a similar role in Portland that Julius plays or played with the Knicks.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, so, yeah. To me, it would make sense Um, from from a basketball intelligence standpoint. What I will tell you is um, from 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 folks that are in the know uh, Mello does want to be close uh, to his son who's entering his sophomore year at Christ the King High School Mm, Um, makes sense. You know, for Mello and just his his um, relationship to his son, it it means a lot to him. Um, And so I, I would imagine that over the last couple of years where you've gone from Portland to Los Angeles. Um, and your son is getting a little older, you want to find that balance. Um, there are some other teams who have either had slight interest or some interest um, in addition to the Knicks. Um, there's been a standstill with the Lakers specifically because um, new coach, uh, but also they filled some of those roles that Melo would fit similarly. Uh, but there are some other positions or, or other teams that would make logical sense, namely the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, so um mm-hmm. And I think that um, – particularly his veteran leadership, uh, it would be something that would be welcome. And if he's looking to get a ring, uh, this would be an optimal time uh, to do it in, in case you know the, the Warriors do potentially have the chance to repeat as, as champions next season.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I feel like this is the time, man. I would love Melo. I would love Melo back. Hey, man, Michael Beasley, if he had room for him, because who knows what's going to happen? I would love him back. But ultimately, uh, for me, when it comes to Julius Randle, like, he's a talent. I believe it. But... I'm yo he, I'm scared of his volatility at this point, man. I'm not sure if mentally, he can right. handle the pressure of, of being in New York long term. So even though I, I recognize how good he is, like if we can move him, I, I know Miami is supposed to be a guy who's supposed to be in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Are they just sweated? They looking for a four? I know a four. All right, give us a couple of picks. <laughs> you have that's that's the way I'm thinking in my mind. You know what I mean? So and especially to me. OB, he can't, he doesn't, he has some growing to do on the rebounding end, but given more time I just love the way he instinctively has like a basketball feel, the way he moves the ball, um, the way he runs, you. yeah yeah, exactly he, doesn't hurt
3: you. he gives me um, Amari vibes Yeah. Mixed, mixed with Anthony Mason
1: yeah, yeah like he just needs that guard to kind of unlock him so he can start to do to his thing, and you know we need to run more pick and roll for him. We've been saying it for for years. We had, had him use him as a spot up three point shooter, and then people were like, "Why isn't he? Why isn't he prospering?" Like,
3: it's, <laughs> it's kind of he's kind of like in a situation that I think Kenyon Martin was in with the Nets, where it's like, I feel like Kenyon was like an undersized power forward. His dribbling was, was sometimes questionable, but he could defend two, three, fours, and fives. Right. And he could create his own shot off the dribble and on screening rolls. His um, his connectivity to his point guard.
1: Connectivity. Yeah.
3: Got him. Got him. Looks, and I think in the same breath, um, you know, you you look at you look at um. I don't really feel like Jalen Brunson is going to play the traditional point guard role, nor should he have to. I think he's more of a lead guard, uh, in the sense of like a Ben Gordon. I'm not comparing him to Ben Gordon, but as far as like a a, a six somewhere yeah. between six four and six six, uh, combo guard that 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 can facilitate, but mostly is there to score. Right. Uh, Quigley, I feel like really grew leaps and bounds this season uh, with the Knicks, and I think that if they are able to keep Obi and Quigley together, Listen. it's got the limit. But also R.J. Barrett really fills that that role where 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 uh, Brunson doesn't have to be a traditional point guard because. Because R.J. Barrett is is their LeBron, playmaking, scoring can average you is a triple double threat every night.
1: Yeah, offensively, man. Like I, I love the addition of Jalen Brown. Um, I mean, I've grown to love it. I, like I didn't like that he's t- stepping on quickly his minutes, but you can't deny how steady he is and how you know efficient he is each year that he's grown as a player. So he's not definitely not going to hurt you offensively. If anything, he gives us a more steady, be reliable you know option at, at that guard spot. So. I'll I love I the think, way they can work offensively together. I'm sorry, go ahead. School.
3: I think one person who's excited for 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 uh, Brunson's growth uh, with the Knicks. Mark I, Cuban. Really? He said he Ooh. thinks that he can fit that role with the Knicks seamlessly.
1: I, that's and that's saying, that's saying a lot, knowing that you listen, listen when we when the Knicks sat up. With the, and that in the playoffs with Utah versus uh, the Dallas Mavericks, no one didn't seem happy. they like, everybody, he seemed like he pissed off Dallas and Utah at the, at the same damn time. Uh, shout out to two chains for him to say that after that.
0: Yeah. Is a big well, deal. I mean, Cuban is from, I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but he seems like a high character guy, period. Just a guy that wants to help. And so, he's probably, despite all that, very happy for Jalen Brunson personally for his success because he's. He just loves the kid. I mean, I think that he's that type of dude.
3: It's all business. Um, and, I and you know, the one thing about Dallas that you'll see this year from, from folks within the organization that I've spoken with, um, they, they feel as though, you know, with the, with the addition of uh, or, or the health of being on the mend uh, and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. and the trade they made to bring in Christian, they're going to score a lot of more points this year. And so while they do miss uh, Brunson quite a bit, um the, the added bonuses the pieces that were missing last season and the fact that they added javel mcgee who can, yeah. who can rim protect christian Wooden, um, yeah. but also um i i gather just from um uh, the eye test uh that without brunson Dinwiddy is going to see more playing time and at points during the playoffs he rose to the occasion
1: yeah
3: um i i think he and luca on the fly after the trading deadline really had to find a chemistry in the same way that I feel that in Philadelphia, uh, James Harden uh, and Joel Embiid, uh, and their, their point guard uh, had to all find their role on the fly after the trade deadline. I think Dallas, they could be in good shape despite losing Brunson and adding a big man that they really need. I really thought that there could be a chance uh, for Gobert to go to Dallas. Uh, but they f- ended up filling that big man role for rim protection in Javale McGee, um, and I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, and I th- and I think that Brunson will be okay in New York also.
1: Yeah, so- solid pickup. And you know, I won't hate us anymore since KP left. So you know, shout out to Dallas. all right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, it, that's a, it's a it's a Nick thing. We 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 hold grudges with the KP thing, but you know, nothing. <laughs> but anyway, no. <laughs> one more question. I know. I you mean, now I took you. Yo, thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, one more question. I know somebody. Shout me out, shout this question for me in, on YouTube. Um, they were talking about future dealings. If the Knicks do happen to m- miss out on Donovan Mitchell, um, do you see like an OG on Anobi or um, SGA or other player being interested in the Knicks? Shout out to people who asked me that question.
3: OG would be an interesting, intriguing pick. I don't have any information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really think just his journey as a player, particularly because of just how much players have kind of come and gone in Toronto between Kawhi coming and going. Right. Um, um, also, Kyle Lowry being there for as long as he did. And then them finding a new identity. And then Pascal Siakam. Uh, still being a stat stuffer, people thinking that he just was benefiting because of, uh, you know, he he and, and and Kawhi were like that. Scottie Pipp and Michael Jordan, and OG stepped up, um, and I think he'd be an asset on on a team like the Knicks. But what do you give up for him?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, hey, hey, we got picks. Do you want picks? Are we <laughs> I, You know what? And I guess that's my other question too. This has been the, this. Okay, this is my actual last question, right? This is my actual last question because we all heard of, you you, you know these GMs, they like to leverage, Well, from my perspective, anyway, I'll just say from my perspective, the GMs like to leverage the news to kind of tilt the scales in their favor, right? No. You're right. and you know players do that too. Like you know Kyrie, you, you play players do that too. Like Kyrie Irving mentioned that you know, oh, he's interested in coming to New York. We know you're not interested in coming to New York, Kyrie, and we wasn't interested in him coming either. So we like we know how things work. Now, I can tell
3: you that that, 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 that that was never a thought. If you know my reporting, you know I know.
1: Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know you know. So when I saw that, I was just like, "Come on, son! Like really?" But anyway, I digress. Anyway. Is there really anybody else who even stands a chance? Because if Utah is looking for picks and they're talking to the Miami Heat, who has, what, two to three picks? Uh, who else are you going to to speak to? What, uh, Toronto? Yeah,
2: there was a number of teams.
1: Are they really in the, the running? Football. Like, unless unless they go, you know what, let's go more for players than picks. They're, okay, I can see that.
3: Picks, picks are so tricky. Um cuz you I, I had this conversation with a colleague of mine the other day. Picks are tricky because um you're betting on what 27, 28, 29, 2030. Right. Like you're 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 betting on somebody in high school in 8th grade right now. So <laughs> um, and you never really know what that person's going to be. Are they going to be um we 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 quote we quote him Jay-Z, but you remember that song with uh Joe Button and Jay? He said uh pumping up remix yeah. and said uh, you, you're I'm not in the Mike George, Michael Jordan course, the
1: Michael Maybe yeah.
3: Kobe maybe Tracy McGrady yeah. Manifest, Harold Miner. The like, you guy never writer. know what somebody's going to be writer, yeah. even worse you a purpose Ellis you worthless fella you, you ain't, ain't an, an, an athlete, athlete
1: you Sean so Bradley, Bradley. Yeah. I ain't
3: told this <laughs> so like you really you really don't know what somebody's going to be picks is so tricky right you want you want what you see what's tangible
1: right, right. I,
3: I think but then I say I say picks are tricky, but then look at what happened with Boston and, and Brooklyn. And Boston ended up getting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and those were Brooklyn picks. Listen, built them,
1: built them, and they're a small market team. Like to me, the OKCs and the small market teams—they're all about the picks because they already know people want to go there. So they're trying to draft people there, so they can have—they have to be there. You know, they have to be there for like eight years.
3: You 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 nailed it on the head. Um, You said Oklahoma. The key, Oklahoma created the blueprint. The key now is draft picks. The Thunder drafted KD as a Sonic. Ultimately, they moved from Seattle to, to Oklahoma. You drafted Russell as a Sonic. They moved to Oklahoma. And then James Harden was drafted as a Thunder. That that's that's what they do in baseball. That's what the ninety that's the nineties Yankees. Yeah, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, uh, David Cone, all those guys, all through the farm system. But 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 you got to bet on talent, and and it, and it can be difficult. So yeah, picks are difficult, but pick certain teams they want to win now. That's why when you looked at um, Houston and, and L.A. for example, right? Houston and Los Angeles were talking at the trade deadline. The John Wall Russell Westbrook thing. Yeah. Houston wanted more picks. LA yeah. wasn't trying to give up the future. Because once LeBron, whether he retires, whether he leaves, what are you left with? You're left Listen. with Anthony Davis, but there are people who say he's injury prone.
1: I'm trying to do deals with Lakers right now. Hey, you need shooters. We got Evan Fournier. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, LeBron got three, four years, then Anthony Davis, that, that's, that, 27, that 2027 Lakers pick is looking nice in my head.
0: But anyway, I you think, go ahead. I think they got two years with LeBron because he's going to want to play with his son. If his son gets drafted, he's going to go to that team, no matter what team it
3: is. I think it's going to come down to teams where they have creative control, and it's either going to be a return to Cleveland or Orlando or mm-hmm. Oklahoma City.
1: Orlando. Orlando, interesting. Especially with Orlando uh, building things over there right now with the guys they got. That's going to that
3: Yeah, Shh. he's going to be a problem. Fast kid's a yes, problem. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> a, kid's a problem, man. Yeah.
1: super problem. Man. Yeah. Yo, Scoop, it's been a pleasure, man. You've been very generous with your time. It's been an awesome interview. Super enjoyed it. I got the, you can't, I don't know if you can hear the gunshots, but gunshots is going up for you. Shout out the work. All the buttons is going off for you, man. Thank you for the interview, dog. Super Thank appreciate Thank you it. for
3: the opportunity to be myself. I hope I didn't talk too damn much, but um, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I see you guys are are, are unequivocally uh, building a following uh, in, the Nick, in the Nick space. And I don't always get along with the with, with, with Nick's Twitter, but um, I'm going to continue to be me. Y'all continue to do you. And Absolutely. we'll find somewhere in the middle
1: i say hey that's all we yeah, can do right <laughs>
3: yes, all right
1: salute to you scoop man thanks for stopping by
3: yes sir all right
1: yeah that was. that's what it was <laughs> yes,
3: sir.
1: Yes, sir. yo salute to the chat man
3: what was they saying? I didn't see the chat. What they saying? Oh, they,
1: shit. Oh, you, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, this, we, ain't, we ain't on
3: nah, Twitter. We ain't they, on they, Twitter. They ain't trash we, yeah,
1: ain't trash. we ain't on Twitter. Great job, brethren. Nah, they was Great they interview. They were Come they were back, back yeah. through. Yeah. They got the gunshot emojis because, you know, we hit the gunshots over here. You was, dropping, even, you was dropping some stuff
0: yeah, today. So they, they it, was, exactly. they was, it was greatly appreciated. Yeah, I, I
1: heard all good reviews. So one of the best interviews. The uh, yep. Sean Wilson uh, salute to the panels. It's been all good. It's been all good right now. That's because sure. you ain't put
3: it on Twitter. <laughs> 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 but but
2: it's, but it's all good because look, we're Knicks fans and
3: we don't even get on Knicks Twitter. It's what it is. It's, <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are
1: toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Knicks Twitter is a different. It's a different beast, right? It's
3: it's, 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 it's kind
1: of like the hood. You know when you go to the hood. You got uh-huh. some goods. There's some, some good people in the hood. Like, they got your back. You know, if you need a dollar, they'll spot you one, get you a quarter or a chopped cheese on the fly. And then there's the dudes on the corner who's going to rob you. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of those. On, there's a few of those on Twitter, but there's some, 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 some chill people it's on Twitter. A, it's
3: some stick up kids with the sawed-off rifle. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. And, um, I feel like the people who tend to follow us are kind of just chill in general uh for yes. for, for, for the most part so um but so it was, it's been clean man we got 168 people in the chat listen man oh 180 people in chat
0: 180
1: bro listen man please hit that like button please hit the subscribe button
0: uh I will.
1: Yeah, and we we're going to be trying to do more interviews during the season and bring you more interesting content very content as much right. as we can so if you want to if you want more stuff like this hit, hit you know Hit the like and subscribe, and also you know what? Let us know who you want us to interview, so we can try to hunt them down and, and bring them the KOT. You know what I mean? Like we want to, we want to build up and get some, get you some great interviews during the summer. You know? Uh, and also, hold on. I see. I saw there was a ten dollars super chat too. And if you have to leave, uh, you keep can just exit. Head. If you, you want to stay, you're welcome to stay. I'm not kicking you out, Scoop. I'm just letting you know. I gotta get some
3: paperwork done.
1: All right, cool. So you can, you can, he can hit um. Exactly. we can start to the people
2: if all right we, y'all, i'll talk to right. y'all later all right salute salute all right man thank you we appreciate it
0: later. thank you brother thank you all
1: right all right listen man the people who be the controversial ones come on the show and they be hits yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was good man yeah it was hey he man.
1: Gems,
2: man he
0: dropped some serious gems. the whole worldwide west,
1: oh yeah. World west yeah he was connecting dots Dots, oh, on dots on dots. at
0: first it sounded like name dropping but then he started connecting dots and i was like oh shoot. yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's you get to the point where it's not even he's just been around for so long yeah that it's not even a name drop he's like yo i know him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we go we went to to dinner we went to, to, went to the same high school all.
0: got my I hair cut I grew up with his mother I was like whoa bruh
1: exactly exactly exactly
2: yeah then then the crazy thing was that when he's mentioned that World Wide West is the one that pulled Ron Artess away at the palace at the palace yo and then mediated between
0: Larry Brown and yeah
1: yeah yo I see son from Brooklyn says Monica McNutt will be dope listen I've emailed Monica. I've emailed be. Monica twice. When we
0: wake up tomorrow. I'll All right. You, I'll, ask, I'll ask her when we wake up tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Yo, bro, Yo, bro.
2: Chill, Raw
0: <laughs> Chill, Raw. We. Ah oh, Chill. <laughs> <People> keep
1: respect. That should probably never come up. We're <laughs> We gonna edit this out. Nah, Monica, can see this. It out, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, listen, listen. You guys, tag Monica. I I emailed her twice because y'all been asking for her. Tag her on Twitter. You're like, yo, we just said if we scoop B, come on Kot. Like, let her know, let her know. We need to let her know that we here. All right, you and that our interviews are fire. Tag on
0: Instagram.
1: Yeah, tag, tag her on Twitter, on Instagram, yeah. Twitter, twi- all social media accounts, all social media, wherever you are, tag her wherever you are all right <laughs> and we gonna co-sign you all right and shout out to fritz because fritz is even how we got the um got the scoop interview so shout out to fritz fritz tagged scoop and that's how we ended up getting the scoop interview wow. you know what i'm saying wow. so we, fritz tagged scoop we follow up so, with scoop so and then we Randall end up getting thing was legit then yeah yeah so we
0: got lot. it because we got it from shams and mark stein and now work breaks it
1: Right, but like Scoop says everything is fluid even though that's fluid. what's happening. You don't know what it, what what can change. But the way I'm looking at it um the Lakers, I know the Knicks and there was rumors that the the Lakers and Knicks might be interested. Um we've already talked about the situation with Charlotte.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Where they lost uh their star power forward to some domestic yep. violence case. So that can be an option. That's right And actually I'm also I'm really looking at Miami Like Miami's interesting Out of four They just lost P.J. Tucker was Who
0: did they lose?
1: P.J. Tucker
0: Oh that's right Oh so they were looking For a starting For
1: the replacement Yeah They just lost P.J. Tucker um, Randall would definitely Pass the fitness test yeah. <laughs> By Riley, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Right the
0: effort on defense though so he had to be more
1: yeah, oh Jimmy! Ooh, yeah, he ain't playing
0: that, man.
1: Jimmy will get into him, but he'll I'll pass the he'll pass the fitness test. And I'm thinking, like, yo, if we can get a couple of picks, couple of picks, and um, maybe we can um, get who's he, maybe we get Duncan Robinson and then flip Duncan Robinson to the Lakers for another pick or something like that. You know, that's the way I'm thinking.
0: Wow, yeah,
2: but I'll say this though, because um, when he revealed, because I didn't really know that there was like some sort of like maybe riff going on between Julius Randle and Thibs. Yes. Because because like when you watch Knicks games, it's like Thibs played this man so many minutes, right, and, right. and he barely holds him accountable. You wouldn't think that there's like a little riff going on between Julius Randle and Thibs, which is, which is what I found funny. And before I was like, I couldn't see Julius Randle being moved. But when he mentioned that, I was like, maybe there is something brewing within you know the Knicks organization where they they may actually be looking to trade this guy because him and Tibbs don't really see eye to eye
0: not only that there's you we all saw some of the antics he pulled you know last year not off i mean like off the court like the stuff with the computer the laptop stuff. right all of the attitude stuff man i mean so it wasn't our imagination you know yeah and then tibbs was always like he would say stuff like uh, we need guys to move on defense, and he's talking to Randall. Or oh, we need guys to move the basketball. it's Got to move, and he, and he never says Randall, but it's like he's talking about Randall. But he would never say that. So it, I, it,
1: you know, it's kind of interesting because Randall started off last season saying he wanted somebody to hold him accountable.
0: Cast hey, company line, man.
1: <laughs> and then the season after, they have problems. I don't know, but and it, it doesn't seem like he was holding him accountable. So I'm, I'm confused. Uncle, maybe he got tired of being held accountable. I don't know.
0: I just figured, like, I was wondering, like, why would a trade to the Lakers be contingent on Mitchell? And then I just I came to the conclusion maybe Mitchell doesn't want to play with him. Because why would a trade to the Lakers be contingent on a trade for Donovan That I is
1: a good
0: point, bro. So like, why, why? Why wouldn't they just trade him? Or there's nothing connecting? And then bro. I realized after the the whole little melee that that you, other you
1: exactly you, from my mind
0: oh, donovan or, or mitchell. maybe
2: or maybe it's maybe they don't think that donovan mitchell and julie Randle is a good fit maybe could be so maybe, so could maybe be. that's why they're thinking about you know you I think know it'd yeah. be a contingent on the mitchell mitchell deal
0: yeah there's probably multiple things but I, that i just found that to be interesting that it's only contingent on if they get mitchell which to me says Okay, so if they don't get Mitchell, they're going to keep him, or maybe try to get something good for him. I mean, I don't know, but I was like, why would that be contingent on the Mitchell deal? Because they could deal him without that, but That's, there's something going on.
1: Unless, hey, I was out in my mind. I was thinking they were just afraid that they were going to lose 18 points a game, and they felt like you know they would be high, behind eight ball as far as a guy who can put the ball in the basket full time. I mean, that was my thought mm-hmm. process, and if, and they felt like. Hey, if we have Donovan Mitchell here, who's going to give us twenty five, twenty eight points a game? Why do we need this Dude, guy here? Random. We can, we can, we can move him. That's right. get better look at Obi. That was my thought process. And not only
0: that, though, Obi won't be whining for touches. Like if he's starting, he's just going to play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd be right. glad to play. He won't be whining to get touches like. Julius, Mike, right? So yeah, exactly. So. And like
2: you said, Obi doesn't hurt you when he plays. No, he doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, and you even mentioned it. You mentioned it on your channel, Raw, uh, that um, you know, you you feel like you know Obi and his representation are going going to try to move well, to certain yeah. places. At, yeah, because next time. year is time. Man. Yeah, it's the
0: third season. So next year is that extension talk. You know, so he's looking for some minutes, and and, and Leon drafted him. So, with the intention of starting him, nobody knew that Randall was going to have that kind of year. I know I did. Nobody knew that he was going to be all NBA, all star. and Nobody was expecting that. I think they drafted Obi with the intention of him becoming the starting power for the entrenched. Absolutely. And I think between Thibodeau and then Randall's own work ethic for that contract year, it changed everything.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right. All right. Yep. Yo, yo! Salute to the panel. I think it's a good place to 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 end it. I'm gonna just read. We got a super chat. Hold on. First of all, first of all, guys, guys, can you hear me? Can you hear me very clearly? All of a sudden, is is, is the sound a lot better? Uh this is because of y'all super chat. So gunshots to you guys. All right. Got a new mic set up and everything, so you guys can hear me better. Uh, and things can run a little bit smoother And it's because of you guys That we're, we're, we're trying to help grow this thing Bigger and better and better. So thank you And shout out to Keith Watkins Hopefully he's still here Who sends a 10 dollars super chat Says lol Finally get to catch y'all live Great yeah. job as usual guys So shout out to Keith Watkins Okay Alright And also I saw some people Subscribe to the channel A little bit earlier Thank you guys for subscribing And um Yeah we'll definitely catch you On the next Show. All right. All right.